Welcome to track number eight of Do the Work of an Evangelist. You will come up with certain things that will prevent you. So you need to know how to pray about it. And many of us pastors, lay pastors, and all pastors really, you need to know how to pray for yourself in in the work of God. Because if you don't know how to pray for yourself in the work of God, you will find out that, are you there? You simply not have the chance to do what you want to do. And your life will pass by without you ever doing what you really wanted to do. So, sometimes we pray for anointing. But that's not what you should pray for. Yeah. Sometimes we pray for the Lord, give me anointing. So, sometimes we should pray for opportunity or doors to be opened. That's what we really need. So, in Second uh, Thessalonians, are you there? First Thessalonians, Thessalonians chapter 5. Paul says in verse 25, Brethren, pray for us. <laughs> what do you think? Huh? Yeah. Are you there? Everybody say, Brethren, pray for us. Yeah. Then, in Colossians chapter 4, you see, First Thessalonians, behind it is Colossians. It says, Colossians chapter 4, verse 3, he starts by saying, Pray... Pray also for us. That what? God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in bonds. Are you there? So you must see that, uh, verse 4, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Okay. So he was praying for what? For a door to be opened. So actually, you may be full of God's word, but you don't have a chance to preach till you die. <laughs> That's what happens to a lot of people. And sometimes you pray for anointing and pray for, but it's like the chance of the opportunity. Do you get it? Cheku, are you with me? So, I mean, you may be full of the word. When did you start imbibing the word, Cheku? How many years? Let's say an average of about how many years? Yeah, from the first you mean how many, how many years of, of imbibing the scriptures and make it thirty years. Thirty good years. Scripture. Study. Huh? Yeah. Receiving, 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 receiving. And now where do you abide? Where do I dwell? Where do you abide? Where do you dwell? Colorado Springs. Colorado Springs. Now you need an opportunity to Pour all these 30 years of scriptures out. And if you don't take care, you may not. So part of my work is not just, you know, sometimes praying for people and encouraging them to whatever, but sometimes to move them away from a place where there is no door, only walls. Yeah. No door. There's just no door utterance there. <laughs> So somebody come and say, please pray for me to be anointed. So no, you don't need this anointing. You need a door. You need a place where there's an opportunity. Because it's not everywhere that you have an opportunity to preach. I mean, in in an environment which is like a white-only environment, which 
maybe as a black person you are not received you virtually have no fields to work in or in an environment which is just African Americans who will not even receive from Africans you virtually have no opportunity to, to, to minister I mean that's the reality you understand so really what you need at that point is not like anointing it's like a door of utterance utterance is preaching preaching doors to be open do you see that's why I say sometimes when you see somebody who has had a, a chance to move from a place where he has no opportunity to preach do you see to a place where he has the opportunity and it's a blessing so for me I wouldn't if I wanted to transfer myself there are certain places I wouldn't transfer myself to and some of you are abiding in places I would never transfer myself to and if I was to transfer myself there my ministry would die and it would look as though number one I don't have anointing number two I'm not called number three I'm not serious number four I'm not so serious with the ministry it will look that way after a while yeah to look that way you see and so you must pray for a door you don't have to plant yourself in a spiritual graveyard a place which kills your ministry and finishes you off yes are you there yeah and so even for me I, I believe there is an anointing in me one time I had a vision and I saw myself standing there and to my surprise the Lord said I'm going to show you something and then he held me here I mean my skin he held me here and then he opened here it was like a door and the hinges were here from here to here from here to here was hinges and then here was the door here and just open it like that and when he opened it instead of intestines there were three cables the thick ones the the big fat ones like that electrical and it was full of tension electrical power and there were three of them taut tense cables and the Lord said I just wanted to show you the kind of power that is in you Wow. Amen. Yeah. So I may not be needing to pray for anointing, but for an opportunity. And I remember one time I did a miracle service in Ghana. At that time I preached on the healing anointing. He I preached with all my heart. Then after that I prayed for the sick. Throughout the convention Headache was healed, this was healed, this was backache, headache, backache, headache, backache, headache, backache. <laughs> then, then, you listen to me. Then, on the last day, there was a, a, the last day of the convention, there was a little child who came, who had been blind since, do you remember? Since it was whatever, since an electrical cable had hit the eye or something, and the child was blind. And the Lord opened the child's eye. I remember Pastor Nanayao came and told me after I said, Bishop, I think God wanted to encourage you with this miracle. And I, 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 I believe that. But I realized that um, it's like I was full of something that I didn't have anywhere. Because those people who come to that convention, they are not sick. What they want is money. <laughs> so, so God just encouraged me with that one miracle. You understand? <laughs> because what the people are after is not healing or amen. Yeah. <laughs> so God opened for me Himself 
a door in Colombia. Do you see? I wasn't the, I was not intended to be there. Well, I was invited to come there. They were doing their own crusade. The Lord wanted to encourage me. So he opened it up for me. A crusade with, you know, a, 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 a stadium which has this first level, then a second level, wow. and then a third level. It's not a small crusade. It's the largest stadium I've ever seen going around like that. And I've never been in a crusade like that before. Nor since then. And when I went, all the people were gathered there. Organized, paid for. And they said I should preach. Thursday. Then a one pastor came in, came brought his screen and said, a pastor from Nigeria. Nigeria is a giant of Africa. So I was talking to myself, I'm bringing greetings from Ghana. Ghana is the star of Africa. Giant, giant versus star. <laughs> so I preached and there were miracles. Powerful, powerful miracles. And you can watch those crusades. So when I was going there, the interpreter told me, he said, so I said, uh, we are preaching here for two days. Isn't it? Initially. After the first day, he said, it seems you are now the main speaker for all the days. <laughs> they changed the program totally. A door. A door. And I saw even the dead raised. Yeah. So it's like, that power is there and was there. You understand? And I'm, I'm gathering people who are looking for money, visa, and other things. And it's like just the chance and the opportunity, the door, to release or to minister what God has put in me. That's what I needed. Yeah. And, see, and sometimes I see some of my pastors say, it pains me for you because the devil has a field day telling you that you are not called. It really pains me. Because of the way your ministry is going and it looks as if you, 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 you are as if you are not called. It's because of where you are ministering. Is it like I was doing every night I was praying for the sick headache, backache, headache, backache, headache, backache. These are the two miracles. Headache, backache, headache, backache. <laughs> hey. Headache, backache, headache, backache. Hey. Do I have any healing anointing in my life at all? But by the time I was working in Colombia and the, the wheelchairs were lined and I was working by the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, I was looking at wheelchairs. And even the soldiers who were guarding me, four of them with AK-47 machine guns and about four or six motorcycles with bulletproof cars and other things, all guard, I mean, guarding me and taking me. When, they all, when we were going, about 16 soldiers, they said, they said, we have never seen anything like this before. We, we have not seen some before. <laughs> I should pray for them to keep their life to, to God. I was guarded day and night. When I came out, uh, when I opened my door and I came out, here was somebody sitting there, uh, patrolling up and down outside my, my hotel corridor. When, when we got to the hotel room, well, I was going in. I was going into the room. I said, Wait! And they went in. Inside here, here, here. <laughs> and they were, they were speaking on their radio. Single, single. Single, quadro. 
<laughs> it was an experience. But you see, God, it was just a window. God showing this what's in you. Or not, not that it is it's you or it's for you, but what I have put in you. And you will be there with big, big anointings, only that you don't have a chance. <sighs> chance to minister. That's why it, it hurts me for some of you pastors. And the devil has a field there. We'll be telling you lies. Every day you lie in the bed, receiving them, feeling depressed about your calling, wondering whether you are a cell leader or a pastor. Oh. <laughs> 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 Yeah. So what I'm telling you Is actually a secret for you yeah. I mean you may have thought Pray for anointing But look at say, Pray for us That a door should be open Door of opportunity Great and effectual door of ministry Should be open So that you actually become a minister Some of you I see you And I, I know the kind of things you could do Kind of work you could be You could be working there at night Or you are sweating and you are lying down tired Working for God till you die But you don't have the chance to do it You are trapped In different places and different circumstances That keep you bound Some of them your own creation Some of them created for you But that's why God is making me tell you What I'm telling you So that you now start to You see now, let me tell you something Let me, let me tell you You can live Till you die never when I say work for God, you work for God, but there's a certain level of working for God, you'll never experience it. Now, do you understand? But if God blesses you and opens a door, that's why you find many of the people who work in a crime come, you realize they are very happy. And one of the reasons is they realize that they are very privileged. Because when you come in and you start working, you realize that it's a very rare place to be. So, I mean, to have a chance to work for God. Because we have to, I want to work for God. I want to work for God. But how should I work for God? And where will I find God to work for Him? I mean, where is He? Which, which place is He found that we can actually work for Him? Like the, 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 my administrator who is in charge of the building. She, made a, she said to me, she, I, made, I made a covenant with God. I said, Lord, if you help me to go to London to do my master's, I'll work for you. She just made that promise. When God blessed her, gave her scholarship, everything, she got her master's. When she came, she started to talk to her and said, you know, I want to work. She never ever imagined when she was making that promise that there would be a way that it could be fulfilled. And then she came to see me, eventually. And I said, okay, we are going to make a kitchen. I want you to be in charge of it. A lawyer. I said, we want you to be in charge of it. You make other frying pans. So she ordered frying pans, things that you are going to cook in the church and so on. Yeah, well, the church when you come, you, 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 are, you, are, you are nothing. You are just a church equipment. You understand? So she started ordering the church equipment. Some of the things, so if you come from coming, you are eating from there. She's the one who bought all those things. But then just as she came, then the need for the ministry changed and we needed the development office building. And then she, was, she moved into that area. And she's very effective. One, I was dealing with one engineer, one of my uh, guy who was doing some work, some engineer. He came. He had dealt with me four years ago. When he dealt with me, he, she was not there. So when he came this time, he, he saw her. And I was, I was talking to him on the phone. I was telling him, you know, she is the one in charge. He said, I said, she's a lawyer. I said, hey, I was talking where I realized she's not an ordinary person. <laughs> I said, yeah, she's not an ordinary person. When he was dealing with her, I saw that she was not an ordinary person. Yeah, 
Because he was asking a question, he was saying, No, this is we can't understand. We understand English. We explain it. We understand what we are talking about. Whether it's engineering, doesn't mean that we don't understand it. Explain it properly so that we can understand what we are talking about. He said, Hey, I thought that she was not an ordinary person. <laughs> and you should have seen her with a big stomach standing there supervising about 200 workers. So that she's not an ordinary person. But how many young ladies, cholerics, melancholics, qualified, whatever, who love God, who ever have an opportunity to, I mean, every day they work for God? It's not a common thing, it's a rare chance. Yeah. But I, I feel God's going to open many, many doors. And that's why I'm saying to you, and I believe God is bringing out this thing pray. It's like me. I also need to pray. You see, like, I want to witness, evangelize the world, but the opportunities, let's say, that Benny Hinn has, I don't have it. <laughs> do, you, do you get what I'm trying to say? In fact, even when we started the crusade, I wondered whether the crusade would work. Because I wasn't known in Ghana. I'm still not really known in Ghana as such, although it's beginning to be known more, you know, as somebody who's doing a crusade or healing crusade or this or that or anything like that. But surprisingly, it just worked. And it's like now, it's like any town that we go to is the largest crusade that has ever been seen there. Hallelujah. Yeah. And it's working and thousands are saved on a, a daily basis. Wow. Yeah. Do you see? So, brothers and sisters, pray like Paul prayed. Our God should open the door for all your love you have for Him to be expressed. That's all that I'm saying. You have such love. How many have such love for God? You know? And I think that's probably the joy of the missionaries. And you see, if you've been in this life for some time, you will find your love for God is growing more and your, your, your interest in earthly things around uh, is di- di- diminishing, disintegrating by the day. You understand? And it, it, it just goes, you just begin to be wary of all things. And you begin to build an, an interest. And so when that time comes, you know, and you see so clearly, it's like, how can I ever save God? And that's where this prayer comes in. Pray for us that there will be a door opened for us. And I'm happy, one thing. You know, the Bahamas alone, they have more than 200 islands. Each island has people on it. Those are 200 doors. Right there. And so since we started to send missionaries to places, Especially to the Spanish countries. It's a door for even younger people. Because you have to go there, learn the language, be able to start to rattle. You know, like my sister, she never spoke French. She went to Geneva. Now she can quarrel in French. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, now she can quarrel in French. Fully. <laughs> you, you, you need to get to a point where you can quarrel in the language. And if you are at a certain age... And you cannot easily get to the place where you quarrel in that language. It's like when you are quarreling, you will change into Chi or Ghana or English or some other language. But not into that language. But my big sister, she can quarrel in French. She can I mean, do everything in French. She thinks in French, in English, everything. Flowing. It's sweet. And she's flowing. <laughs> so those are doors of opportunity. Yeah, doors of opportunity. Blessings. So I, I, I'm so happy because at first it was just Ghana that we could be. But now the world has become, you know, available. Yeah. Well, I, I just got a young missionary in Angola, you know. And our, my pastor in Mozambique, you know, in a Portuguese-speaking place. 
And Angola is war stricken. The pastor who is there is Apache. If you listen to some tape, the guy who was saying the sons uh, voice of God, that guy, yeah, he's now in Mozambique. Yeah, he's in Maputo. Yeah. And Julian, little Julian, who came to me when he was in Adisadel Secondary School, he is in Angola. Yeah. And Angola is very expensive because of the war and there's nothing and there's, I mean, fantastic bills to pay for just a, a month that you stay there. But you know, they, are, they are winning souls and they are gathered 20, 30, 40 people and I mean, they are just doing and the people, you know, poor people, nobody likes such places. Who was stricken the most poorest places in the world. You know, those are the places we are going. Those are doors that are open for us. So I, I feel, I, when I saw what God had done, I realized that God has opened the door. Amen. Recently in Nigeria, I sensed the need to go to other towns in Nigeria. Do you understand? Abuja, Port Harcourt, Jos, uh, Abiokuta, Ibadan, uh, Kaduna, and all these other places with Sharia laws and other things. More doors. You see, the doors are flying open. There's nobody to walk through the doors. <laughs> but I have some young people coming. But you see, all of us must pray. God, open the doors. And, 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 and I believe He will. And you see, no matter what money you are earning, pray that God will open still a door for you in the money earnings, if that's what your work is going to be. Amen. Because I tell you, even when you are earning money, at a point you want to, to, I mean, you also want to participate. You know, somehow. You know, you don't, you don't just any money. What do you think? Second Thessalonians. The title of this message is Open a Door. Second Thessalonians chapter 3. Finally, 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 brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have what? Free course. Some of us, the word of God is stuck up in our throats. It's padlocked in your belly. It's sealed in your flat and in your house. For there is nowhere where this word of God can have free course. I see God opening doors for free course of gospel for your life. You see, some of you, for instance, you are, let's say, you, you, if um, our church had a radio station, you would, be a, you would be one of the best people to run the radio station. Some of you would be very good presenters, talking, ministering on the radio. I mean, you have time for such things. Receiving calls, answering, playing music, talking to people. Some of young girls, elder people, you need 24 hours. Ah! And it's a door for, for somebody to, 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 to just walk into if, if we have it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. If we have, if we have, if you have a radio, a television station, some of you are TV personalities. You are nice people that work nicely on t- your face is the presidential type of face. No, it's true. There, there are some people whose faces are nice. Look, I was advising the two political parties in Ghana for next year's election. No, just from my pulpit. I was just uh, giving them an open air advice. I was saying that 
if they want to win the election, they should bring, I'll give them the quality of the president, the candidate who will win. And that is only one important quality. It's not Oxford, it's not Cambridge, it's not money, it is nice face. Not a good leader. You don't have to be a good leader. You can be an idiot. But you have a nice face. And a sort of, there's a sort of presidential look. You know, one, I think it was during this funeral of the doctors, and I think the president was walking by and he was coming. And there were some ladies talking about him. They said, Wow. Oh, yeah. Dear, nah, oh, oh, yeah. Fair. They say, The man is nice and tall. And he does well too. <laughs> Oh, they were giving them the president who for the praise and worship, I tell you. <laughs> it's nice. Oh, they say, oh, it's very, he was wearing his cloth and he was going with the, with the people. And he said, oh, man, the man is nice. Handsome. So, and then one guy, I know one guy, he'll be a, the best president, presidential candidate. When I mention his name to some people, they said, this man? No. He will not. Well, they, said, they used a certain word. They said, oh yeah, Acher. Do you know what is Acher? What does it mean? It's ugly. Oh yeah, Acher. Tell somebody, Acher. It means, it means what? Ugly. Forgive. And this actual man, I personally know that he is a, a very good person to lead us, but he will never his face. <laughs> How did I get into all these things? What am I? <laughs> I was saying that some people, you are TV personalities. Your face is nice for television. People will like you when you are on TV. You talk nicely and you have patience for people. You can answer, call in programs, you speak nicely. Oh. Hey, opportunity is Take it. <laughs> You'll be doing counseling on the phone, marriage counseling. Oh. Midnight counseling, noonday counseling, calling programs, TV, presenting, talking, encouraging people over the phone. Oh, yeah, but we need a TV station, we need money to buy a TV station. I need about seven hundred thousand dollars to buy just a radio station. Yeah. yeah. Never thought it was so expensive. So it's like even the door of ministry is so expensive. And I believe we can have a, a TV station too. Because Pastor Chris in Nigeria, he has a TV, he has his own TV network, Love World. Yeah, it's a very wild station. They are preaching, doing things. All these people are on it. Love World. You see that they will come, this is Love World. Yeah. So you see. We, we, we are the best type of person for so many things. 
What do you think? And some of you, you are young enough to be missionaries. Yeah. Yeah. And some of you ladies with languages, three months you'll be quarreling in the language. Three months you'll be quarreling in the language. It's true. Three months. Whereas me, if you put me there, nine months, I'll be asking you, eh? Jesus, Malade, or what? Pierre is a do. Tu aimes là, il est ici. Non, il n'est pas ici. Il lit un, un, il lit un journal. Il est là, il partit. Il cannot learn the language at all. You are hopeless. You are hopeless. Grand un, grand un café chaud. That means take a hot cold cup of coffee. Grand un café chaud. Il est ici? Non. Il a un? Il travaille? Non. Il lit un journal. Viens, viens. Voici une visite. Viens, maman. Oui, mimi. <laughs> People chew the thing. Uh, uh, and sha is what? And sha. Cat. Pussy cat. And sha. A cat is sick. How can a cat drink it? On Chant Malad, Grand Un Café Show. <laughs> How can a, a sick cat drink coffee? What do you think? So you need doors. You need doors. And the word is a free cause. This anointing. This word that you have. These plenty tapes you have listened. Thousand messages you can preach. When will you preach them? When will you minister? When will you pray for the sick? One of my little daughters in school, university. You see, when Saki was telling me, he said, look. You see her, she's one of the little secretaries in my office. When she was an elder of the campus church, you see her conducting miracle services. Yeah. Ah, she prayed for the sick now. If you are healed, come. Then they will come around her. So, what is wrong with you? This is my hair was telling me, God bless, put your hands together. Go and sit down. Then she called the next one. Lulu, little girl. She was praying. Yeah. She was conducting miracle services. Come. Because she was the elder of the campus that were holding miracle services. Yeah. Because her door had been opened to her. You, where will you do miracle service? Which place will you get to do miracle? And since she left the school, that door has been closed. For her, yeah? Hmm. Oh. <laughs> that, that, you see, that's where the fight comes. You, you have to keep fighting to make sure the door is still open for you. And sometimes that the door that is open is bigger than the first door. You have to keep fighting. Otherwise the doors finish. 
doors get closed and you, you, you begin to be like someone who was never called. Yeah. Many of you, this is, this, this is the thing. I'm fighting for your soul. Amen. I said, I'm fighting for your soul. Amen. For your ministry. So that it will not be as though you are not called. You are called. Sometimes you don't know the kind of power that is in you. Honestly, when I had that miracle service, look, even uh, the, my interpreter was saying, even just two days ago, he said, look, that Columbia could say, yes, I've never seen any if it's the miracles, the things that were happening. <laughs> Where will you see? And when we came down from the state, the number of cripples and wheelchairs that I've not seen such a number, more than 5,000 cripples. <laughs> Waiting! And I'm preaching and ministering healing, anointing to money, people who are looking for money and visa and other things. Eh? And then the second is, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, or all men have not faith. Now this is another reason why people don't why you may not be able to do well in the ministry because of a man or men who are unreasonable you see and even when they talk about unreasonable it looks like this unreasonable is not logical unreasonable because he went on to say for all men have not faith so it's like the unreasonable person is somebody who does not have the belief you have when when you are yoked to somebody who does not have the belief you have the person becomes unreasonable as far as your faith is concerned. Because even though you have such a conviction, you want to be released to go, that person does not have the faith you have. And the person now becomes an obstruction. And that's what the Bible says, be prayed that we should be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. For all men don't have faith. Yeah. But not everyone has faith. If you work for somebody who doesn't have the faith you have, and say, I'm going for convention, I'm going for camp. No! You go, that's the end. Don't come back to this office. Don't come back to work. Sorry. Because all men have not faith. But if they are Jews, and you tell that it's Sabbath, and so we don't come, and they have that faith, say, yeah, don't come on Saturday. Yes. Like yesterday, I wanted to buy something from someone. He he's a Jew, so he doesn't work on Saturday. He said, after 6.30, when my Sabbath is over, I can meet you in the night. Saturday night, but I can't meet you Saturday. He said, Sunday morning, anytime. But Saturday, up to 6.30, that's his faith. And he doesn't play with his faith. Yeah. And so you need to work with some of the people who have to have faith, at least up to a point, around you, those who have authority over your life. If you are married to somebody who does not believe as much as you believe, and the person is a man and you are the wife, you have to submit. And you have to submit to somebody who does not have as much faith as you have. The person will be a wicked and unreasonable person over you. Oh, yeah. Because the wickedness, can you imagine? Yeah, you people who are getting married. Sometimes I see young, young girls who say they are called, and they will go and get some Jack Toronto from somewhere that they want to marry. You know? And this guy does not have faith. The way you have faith, the way you want to die on the missionary field, the way you want to serve God, and the person you are going to yoke yourself to does not have that faith. Or does not have as much faith as you do when you say you are called. Even though your husband may be a very nice person, he will, he will be, as far as your life is concerned, wicked. Because it is wickedness to imprison somebody to do what the person does not want to do. 
Oh, yes. I mean, is it sometimes you don't know what somebody is doing in his workplace? Or if he says, I don't want to go to that place again. He goes, oh, but it's a nice bank. I mean, it's very nice to see the painter is blue now. It's white and so on. Why don't you want to go back to the bank? It's a very nice place and so on. I came there. Your boss is a nice person. I said, I don't like that place again. There are people who work in my office. People don't understand why they are happy in the church. And they are content. Esther contenta. They are content in the workplace. They don't understand. Why don't you want to go here? Why like me, if I had not worked in the ministry, I would not work at Kolibu. For that one, by the grace of God. <laughs> if it is selling bread, selling fish, selling milk, selling iron rod, I will sell it back for Kolibu. I will not work there. I decided that. The last day I stepped out, I said, by the grace of God, I shall never darken the doorway of this hospital again to come and work here. Yeah. I would not like to work there. Never. And I wouldn't encourage anybody to work there. <laughs> because all men have not faith. Yeah. I'll, I'll, Hallelujah. Amen. Position yourself by the door. Mm. Some of you, the freedom that you have as single ladies. The day you look yourself. That's the end of your ministry. You are welded to the future disasters of the person. Amen. Are you listening? So all you excited young ladies who want to serve God, when I see you bringing a man, Alexander the Great, to come in, you are going to marry Ale- Alexander the Great, who does not believe as you believe. You are, you are a joker. Your call is a joke. And your excitement is a joke. It, it is a vapor that will vanish. It's just a matter of time. You will soon be saddled with an unbeliever. One day I was working with one of my daughters in the ministry. And a certain brother wanted to. A certain, a certain brider. A certain brider wanted to marry her. So I said, does he have faith? As you have faith. And she said, he goes to church. He's a believer. Uh-huh. The type of faith that we are developing here is a radical kind of faith that is not so common. So you need to get somebody with a similar kind of faith. It's not a normal Christianity faith. I mean, what I say, it's, a, it's not only normal Christianity, but Christianity is so watered down. So I was talking, he said, then she was explaining. So I said, tell him to call me. <laughs> tell him to call your father. I will talk to him. So he called from far. 
And I talked to him. I talked to him for about 30 minutes. By the time I finished talking to him, I decided that this man has not faith. So, the next day, I saw the sister, my daughter, and she, she said, did you talk? I said, yes. And I said, but see, the only reason why I did that was because she wanted me to. Well, she wanted it. Not, I said, oh, whatever, if you want it. No, 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 no. You, what do you say? Some of you don't want to know what we say. You want to know what we say after you have said what you say. So that we cannot change it. Change the connection. Tu n'es pas possible avec la changer de connexion. I tell you, my French is coming. So I said, so she came out. I was talking. Sir, did you, uh, did you talk? I said, I talked with him. So I was talking. I said, yeah, well, I talked with him. And so I mean, he's a nice person. And he said, no, this time he's a nice person. Very moral, good, this, that, that, that. All these Jerusalem good people. He is one. So, 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 should I? I said, no. So she said, no. She's like, no. I said, no. So, okay. That was the end of it. It finished in instant evaporation. It evaporated at that spot. That was it. Shift delete. <laughs> <laughs> if she had married, she would have been a very miserable person. Now, hey, it seems you have a lot of power, so. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, most people, I don't advise them. Most people, I just look at them. One, one guy was going to marry somebody, I look at him and said, I said, this one, it will not work, but I won't say. Oh yeah, hey, not everything that you say. What is your father thinking that he's not saying? Have you not read that? Have you not heard that message? When the prodigal son came back, his father said, Oh, he kissed him. <laughs> the big kiss. He gave him a big ring. He hugged him and everything. Nice to me. They say, Oh, my son was tossed and he has come. When the older brother came, and the older brother was annoyed. He came and said, it is good. Because he was lost. But he never told them, but when he came down, he was lost. He was lost. And also, all that I have is that is actually your kebab that I'm making for him. He doesn't have anything. But he didn't tell the boy. What he told the boy was, Welcome home! Welcome home! Homecoming! Homecoming! Welcome home! What is your father thinking that he is not saying? If your father opens his mouth and speaks to you, for you, you should always be blessed that, that he's saying something. That's not everything that he will say. He may tell somebody something about you, but he won't tell you. Forgive. So the boy said, Huh? Which brother? Huh? Oh no, I knew that it didn't work. Why? 
Have you seen fish? That when you see, you know that this before you eat, you get rather stomach. Have you seen it? Huh? No, have you seen? I don't know about me. When I see salad, certain things, when I see. One day I went to a wedding. It was time for food. They gave. When I got to the food, I said, when I saw, I said, I said, diarrhea. This one is a diarrhea. <laughs> diarrhea stomach. But I didn't. So I just was, oh, who did that? Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. This type of, I'm deeper. Oh, thank you very much. So just a, just a Coke. I mean, just, oh, I'm, I'm okay. Saturday, I'm going to preach to me. The next day, everybody was down on the fire squad. And when I heard, I said, Jehovah, you are set me free. <laughs> Ask me, how do I know that this salad is not good? I can't actually say. Yes. I know that this salad is not a good salad. One day my wife saw me eating salad. I said, hey, are you eating salad? I said, oh, this salad is good. I mean, outside. I said, Why are you the one eating this? Oh, this one is good. And lo and behold, by the next morning, I was just moving freely. <laughs> Twenty-four hours, the salmonella typhoon will be checking you. Two to six hours incubation time, you'll be there. So that's how that's how sometimes you just cancel. But sometimes you think you are right, but you are wrong. For instance, you can tell someone, "Oh, this marriage is not going to, but this brother will work," and you are so wrong. Wow. Like one one bishop, I knew a certain bishop. He. <laughs> 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 He was, he, was, he was saying that, look, now he doesn't know anymore what is right and what is wrong. Because he said that his daughter was going to get married. And she was going to marry the son of another pastor whom he knew. And he was very happy and in favor of that marriage. So he prayed and he blessed them. And his other daughter was going to marry another man. And he was totally opposed to that marriage. And he said, today, the one who has married that pastor's son is divorced and has come back to the house. Because not knowing the pastor, they didn't tell him that. That boy is not he's a prodigal son. It's not a correct son. It's not a correct Christian. Do you understand? Who his daughter went to marry. It looked good. You see, and he said that the one that he was against, the marriage is very good. The man is very good is to his daughter. And everything. So he said, now he doesn't know any formula again. That's why for some of us, it's very difficult to advise. It's only some very rare occasions that we open our mouth and say, no. Because maybe you are very close and I have to say, for your sake. But there are some cases I have said, it pained me that I said. But they tell, when you say no, then they go and marry the person. When you say, say hey. So you are the one. You know what Bishop said? Bishop said, no. But God said to me, yes. And when I came, you see, he thought you were a Satan child. And I married you. And you'll be sleeping with the person. He said, oh, hmm. Bishop said, I was a Satan child. <laughs> <laughs> And every time I see the couple, I will be shaking. This is the opposer. 
<laughs> so it's a very risky business. Are you there? <laughs> All men have not faith. Amen. So if you are going to marry, careful now. Say so careful now. Yeah. Because you may marry somebody who has not faith. You can also marry a woman who has not faith. Mercy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One day, a certain. <laughs> a certain pastor. A certain pastor went to marry uh, a certain. No, he was married to a certain sister. Then he divorced uh, that certain sister. Very great man of God. Then after he went to marry a certain sister and he thought that the certain sister was a good person. The divorce happened in the end it was over. So he married a certain sister. Later, this new wife, it was time for church. She said, yeah, that means that I will go to church. Then, do you know what she said? She said, I have not married the church. I have married the man. <laughs> hey! Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> she said, I have not married the church. I have married the man, not the church. So nobody should force me. Yeah. <laughs> One day, I went to a certain convention. <laughs> And it was an ordination Sunday morning and I, I happened to be there and this was a, I think the man was from the Caribbean or from somewhere and he was ordaining some pastors and he preached and during his sermon preached and he said God called me to preach to travel to this so one day I traveled when I came my wife said to me you know something I have decided I want a normal husband a normal husband who stays in the house and is not moving up and down he said I talked to her tried to talk, tried to talk, tried to talk but she said no, 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 no. I don't Nine want this, I no want weekends. a normal husband 9 to 5, no weekends yeah. 9 to 5, no weekends <laughs> where's, where's NS, NS beloved, where is she? I have a requa or something. Where is she? Huh? Yeah, come, come. Don't, don't be afraid. <laughs> you are going to marry who? Pastor Eric Hoos. And uh, uh-huh, it's Eric. Uh, are you happy you are going to marry him? Yeah, I'm very happy. You're very happy. Yeah. Now, where is this Eric? Where is he? He's in Kwanza, a village in Bangahafu. A village in Brangahafa region. And where are you now? <laughs> Virginia. Virginia. In which country is Virginia? USA. USA. Did you make your nice hair in USA? Is it USA hair? Nice jeans. USA jeans. Are these USA jeans? No, from Ghana. Ghana jeans. Hey, no, yes, <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
Can my station change? Okay, now, now listen. You are going to go from Virginia to Incoranza. Everybody say Incoranza. Incoranza. Are you happy to go? Yeah, I'm happy. Why? Because I love the job you do. You love what? In fact, I love both. I love his job and I love him. <laughs> yeah. You, but you say you love the job that he's doing. What, what job is that? He's preaching. He's winning souls for God. That's you, his job. And you want that? Yeah, I do. Why? Because I love it. Since when did you love such things? From infancy, I always tell my mom I would want to marry somebody close to God. Like, you know, a pastor, somebody who is serious with God. Like. You wanted to marry a pastor? Yeah. Okay. So is this a dream that is coming true? Yeah. Because yeah. actually, I... Hey, hey, don't be jealous. Wait. Wait. Uh-huh, you um, I don't like I don't like men from infancy because of some things that I saw in my dad's behavior, and so I decided not to marry at all. But my mom is the serious Christian, and she really thought it would be good for me to marry. She wanted that mentality to be erased. So he told me, "What about if you have somebody who is closer to God, and God is not saying certain things about the man in your marriage?" Okay, that would be fine because somebody who is closer to God, at least if he might change to the opposite side, but one day God might talk to him, so he will change. So, men, I mean, somebody closer to God is not as worse as, as, bad as yeah, somebody who doesn't know God at all. Yeah. So, you really want to marry somebody who, even, even God is in Koranza. Yeah. Have you been to Koranza before? No, he was doing his service in another part, I mean. A rather stronger village than in Kranza, which was... What, what strong village is that? Busunya, Busunya. Busunya? Yeah. And you went there? Yeah, I went to visit him. He wasn't feeling fine, so I had to prepare something for him. Come to see Hey, don't be jealous. Sit down. <laughs> you, 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 you made food from campus. Yeah. We're on campus. Which campus? UST. UST. You are graduate from UST. You are going to live in a village in Coranza, not in Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you want to stay in Virginia? No. Wow. And I know beloveds who have given their beloved ultimate who say, No, this thing that you say you are doing, I cannot. I cannot. I don't want to lie to you. Yes, not all men have it. But she has faith. Amen. She has faith. Amen. She, she wants to go. Is there electricity in Ekwanza? Yes, some parts. But I think where he has his first um, prayer meeting, there was no light. And he was called me and he was actually telling me that there are no lights in some places. So when you call for the meeting, they want to see light. Before they come, like, I'm really like, are, we, are you bringing light or something? Like, it's, it's nice. So, I'm praying that I can make some money so that we get some generators or something. That's my vision. When we get some generators, when we get a generator. Oh. 
It's heavy. It's heavy. It's incredible. We buy the generator for her. Buy the generator for her. Take to in Kwanza. Yeah. You see. So so not all people have this attitude. Do you see? So when you see this attitude, then you are blessed. And then we should encourage it and promote it and support it. Do you see? And if you are you are you are in, in Kranza, you too you've also been to school, you are a graduate, you are been to you are going to Kranza. Do you understand to stay with villagers? And your wife is also not that she can't be in America. She is not that she's trying to come, but she's here. This camp is being held here. <laughs> All men have not faith. Pray you be delivered from wicked and unreasonable women. For all women have not faith. Forgive. Amen. God bless you. Hey, you are blessed. Amen. So God wants you to pray. Please don't forget, I'm giving you prayer topic for one year. Pray for one year about this topic. Will you pray about it? Yes. I'm giving you with the whole year prayer topic that a door should be opened for you. And number two, that the word of God should have free course, which is the same as the door should be opened. And then number two, that you should be delivered from wicked and unreasonable men and women who don't have faith. Amen. When Pastor Peter went to Australia, he met his boss is so favorable to the ministry. Yeah, his boss will help him. Oh, let me help your church. Let me, so you need a day off. You want to come for homecoming. You want to come for this. You need to go to Papua New Guinea. Need, oh, his boss is helping. And I've met his boss. When I went to Australia, his boss took me for dinner. Oh. Yeah, his boss took me for dinner and bought a gift for me. It's very, I mean, like a man who has faith. Working for such a person, you can even do extra. But the person has faith and allows you to do certain things that you need to do. Oh, what a blessing it is to encounter somebody who has faith. As, I mean, especially faith of the caliber that you have. What do you think? Is it powerful? Yeah. So, pray that you will not be unequally yoked. But at least you will be equally yoked to your level. And that's why sometimes when you are in a relationship, one person is here, one person is here for a long time. By the time you come together, you see that this one is under a certain influence. This one has been under another influence and they are totally different people. Yeah. Yeah. And then the whole thing becomes like some unequal you. Alright, stand to your feet. So this is the phenomenon of open doors. <laughs> Lift your hands to the Lord. Oh Lord, thank you for your blessing. Thank you for your blessing. Thank you for your blessing. Ask God for an open door for your life. Ask the Lord for an open door for your life. Look at me, everybody. Look at me. Have you realized that at every level, my level, higher levels, lower level, every level needs this prayer. Because for whatever level you are, you see that you need a door to be open, opportunities of ministry. And then you need to be saved from unreasonable. Like for instance, when we were at Kolegono, we had unreasonable people that we were dealing with. And it hindered us from moving ahead. But it was the Lord who allowed it. We were hindered. We were opposed. 
will fought against. Do you see? So every level, my level to your level, to lower than your level, to higher than your level, and higher than my level, and any level that exists, we all need this prayer. Pray. God should open the door. Pray that you should be delivered from unreasonable, wicked people. Because the person will be wicked to you. Think about it. What you want to do, you cannot do. You have your mind, you have your wife, you have your children, you have your husband, you have every man, you have, but you cannot do what you want to do from morning to evening. You have to do something else that you don't want. Can you imagine any sinyazo? It will be in the top two or top three sinyazos of life. Yeah. Or top, let's, let's give them in the top three, top five sinyazos. You can't do what you want to do. You have to do something else. That's when you, you will begin to hate what prevents you from doing what you want to do. Yeah. If, if there was a, a war in Ghana and I was forced to run away from Ghana, I would not go to Norway to settle there or Sweden. A place where less than 1% believe in God. I will not go there. Or Denmark. No, 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 no. I'm not, I, that means I don't want to minister again. No, 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 no. I wouldn't do that. Maybe I'll go to Nigeria. Yeah. If I go to Nigeria, or maybe I'll go to Kenya, or maybe I'll go to South Africa, or in a place like that, or South America, or somewhere like that. I'll not go, even, I wouldn't come to America, because the people that I can minister to are too scattered. It, it, it will look as though I have stopped ministry. Yeah. Huh? Or that I'm not called. Or I don't have power, or I'm backslidden. Or the Spirit has left me. Huh? Or the ministry is poor. I hope you get what I'm trying to say. And some of you, this place is a training ground for you. And as you pray, God himself will say, you know something? This is the place. Cool. And when you see doors, when you see doors open, run, you don't start asking, can I see you after church? Can can we discuss this? When you see doors swinging, you don't sit there and say, can we talk about it tomorrow? You start running. Doors, they don't stay open. It's war. They stay open for a brief. Every door has only a short period that it stays open. After it has swung once, whoop, whoop, crack, it's gone. That's how doors are. If you're experienced in life, you'll discover that doors, they don't stay open for a long time. So when you sense opportunity, whoop, you run. You don't call for a meeting tomorrow. Say, Can we discuss tomorrow? Can I pray about it? By the time you finish praying, and gone. There will be nothing to discuss anymore. But the door has closed. My pastor in Zambia, I called him. I said, he was in Ghana. I said, look, I've got a door. Do you want to go to Zambia? I, went, I said, go now. He packed and went like in a hurry. Anyway, he, say, he says up till today, he said, if he had not gone, he would never have gone. That's how it is. And he's very, very happy that he went there. He feels an expression. The other day I come, I say, come back to Ghana. I say, I beg you. I beg you. He's an architect. I beg you. And his wife said, you will take away the life of this man. Please. I don't know the missionaries. When I said, they don't want to. They, they want to continue. <laughs> it's marvelous. Because you sense the rarity of the opportunity of God in your life. Are you there? Yes. Lift your hand and pray for two things. A door and that you should be delivered. From unreasonable and wicked people.
This message continues on the next track. Keep listening.